Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. See, that's what I'm, I'm talking about when I talk about raising your level of expectation. Look, my life will never be the same after having heard this word. Amen. I may have heard some other words, but after today, my life will never, ever be the same. Why? Because I'm embracing what God is saying. Amen. Listen, I stand before you. I'm Pastor Atina. In case you didn't know, you all may be uh, uh, joining again on the fir- for the very first time on Facebook. I'm Pastor Atina Johnson, one of the co-founders of Kingdom Life Church. Amen. I get to serve alongside my best friend, my lover, my husband. Amen. Uh, listen, this is December, right? Oh, getting ready to be December. Two more days, I believe, one more day, something like that. Amen. I'm sorry. Let me say um, happy anniversary again and happy birthday to all who, who are celebrating in November. Amen, amen, and amen again. You got one more day. You got one more day and it's done. Glory to God. But praise God that he saw fit to birth you into the earth in November. Amen. Glory to God. This morning, I'm going to be teaching a a message entitled, As For Me. Now, this message is actually coming out of Joshua 24. Um, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 15, but as I go along my message on today, I'm going to be breaking it up. Amen. So I'm going to read it in its entirety, then I'm going to come back and break it up. Um, In case you didn't know this, uh, this book, Joshua chapter 24, is the very last book in this chapter. It's the very last chapter of the book of Joshua. Uh, The great thing about the book of Joshua is it's all about God's faithfulness. And I just want to stop right there. If you came early enough or if you joined us um, early enough online, the songs that they sung on this morning, give it up for our praise team. They all talked about the faithfulness of God. I said give it up for our praise team. These individuals work hard, amen. They work hard to prepare uh, songs for you each and every week and lead you into the throne room. But each and every song that was sung on this morning talked about the faithfulness of God. This particular chapter in Joshua 24 does the same thing. It talks all about God's faithfulness. It talks about his faithfulness to Abraham and, and we are still seeing these promises that he made to Abraham come to pass even now. Uh, you heard Elder Sedell said that this year our pastor um, told us uh, that this was the year of promise. And we are still embracing the promises of God. In, jo- in Joshua 24, this is actually Joshua's final message to uh, his congregation and to his leaders. And in it, he's talking about uh, their past, their present, and their future. Now, at some point, all of us as pastors will have a final message. I I think this may be my final message of 2020. And so I'm going to stand in the place of Joshua this morning, and I'm going to uh, remind you, as Joshua did, of your past, your present, and your soon-to-be future. Amen? Uh, At some point, all of us have to Uh, get to that point where we recognize that God has been so faithful to us. Um, The individuals here that we're going to read about in Joshua, many of them during this particular chapter, they settled into the promised land. But that happened only because they trusted uh, God's leading and Joshua's leadership. 
that is so good. Many of you are trying to go into the promised land, but you must trust God's leading and you must listen, trust Pastor AJ and Pastor Atina's leadership. After 24, it was nothing that in order for them to enter into the promised land, they had to trust God, God's leading and Joshua's leadership. Some of you here on today, some of you know that there are some people who did not make it to this place in 2020. For whatever reason, they may have given up on God. They may have quit. They may have uh, realized that the burdens, burdens of life and the cares of life and the expectations of life, uh, they weren't ready to fight or weather that storm, I would say. But you are here today. Come on, give yourselves a hand clap of praise. You are here today. And so in this season, I want to say that we must develop our level of trust. As people of God, we must develop our level of trust. Joe, we must develop first and foremost our level of trust with God. We've got to understand that God is for us and not against us. We also must develop our level of trust with the leaders who are before us. If you've partnered with Kingdom Life Church, obviously at some point you decided that this was the place you wanted to be at. And so you made a decision to trust the leading of not only Pastor AJ and myself, but all of those who we have given delegated authority. So we've got to develop our level of trust. What happens when we don't develop our level of trust is we begin to forget. I'm going to pause right there. We begin to forget the benefits of our relationship. See, that's so good, and we're going to go there at the end of Joshua 24. Joshua urges them not to forget, not to forget the benefits of the relationship. Oh, this is good. Uh, one of the other things he does in this text is he um, gives them a final call, a, a, a clarion call, a final sermon to summon them to do something. Again, I said this will probably be my last sermon of, of uh, 2020 as we prepare for 2021. And I want to challenge you in the same way that Joshua did. I want to challenge you to move from a place of complacency to a place of expectancy. So let's, let's begin to get into the text. Y'all ready? Amen. Coach, just shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Praise the Lord. I'm going to look at Joshua 24, and I'm actually going to read verses 1 through 13 at this time. All right, let's go. It said, then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, listen, thus says the Lord God of Israel. This isn't Joshua talking. Joshua's talking, but he's telling them what God wants them to hear. He says, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also, I sent Moses and Aaron, listen, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterward, I bought you out. 
Verse 6 says, then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness upon you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time, and I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan, and they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore, he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. I hope you are seeing a pattern here. And the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites. I could just say all the Ite brothers right here. Amen. The Gerashites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now I want to go back to verse 1 for a second. What is interesting is in Joshua's final call or his last meeting with the people, he mentions a place called Shechem. Why is Shechem important? I looked it up because it's interesting that everything he talked about, he first started with Shechem. Shechem is very huge in the scriptures. One example of Shechem can be found in Genesis 12, and I'm going to look at it. It says this is the place where uh, Abraham came into the promised land, and he first camped at Shechem. There God appeared to Abraham, look, and confirmed his promise. There, Abraham built an altar to the Lord. So let's look at Genesis 12, 6 through 7 in the New Living, I mean the NIV translation. It says, verse 6 says, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Verse 7 says, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So again, he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Another a very important place is about Shechem is mentioned in Genesis 35, and this was during Jacob's life. There was a season in Jacob's life where he needed to recommit to God, and God told him at that time to go to Bethel. Jacob did so, and he commanded all of his household, household listen, to put away all of their idols, Jacob took those idols and he buried them at the Tabarith tree near Shechem. Again, that's found in verse 35, I mean, Genesis 35, verses 1 through 5. Shechem has a very rich history in the Bible. It was a place of calling and commitment. I just read to you about Abraham, God giving him a promise at Shechem and reconfirming that, and also him telling Jacob to go to Bethel and to bury all the idols. It's a place of commitment, a place of calling. And the calling that I believe God was asking of the people when Joshua was speaking to them was a covenant renewal. 
I believe God wants to renew his covenant today as well. He wants you to renew your covenant with him on today. Amen. Covenant is defined as a binding promise. Look, a, a far-reaching importance in the relations between individuals, groups, and nations. It has social, legal, religious, and other aspects. It's also defined as a formal alliance or agreement made by God, listen, with a community or with humanity in general. What Joshua is referring to in this covenant renewal is a relationship in which two parties make a binding promise to one another. Here in Joshua 24, as we read, Joshua begins to recount the rich history of their past up into present day. He gives them a historical prologue of what has happened. He implores them with a theme to remember the God of their salvation. He goes through all of the patriarchs that we read about, all of the extraordinary and notable victories that they had fought through. He's asking them simply to remember what God has done. And I want to encourage you on this morning to do the exact same thing, to remember what God has done for you in times past. There is a covenant that he's made not only with you, but with your family. We read about it in the beginning. We saw that, that he talked about the God of your fathers. God not only made a covenant with you, but he made a covenant with your family. And I know we're sitting here in 2020 and things have not gone as we have planned. They have been unprecedented at times. They have been uncertain at times. There has been chaos in our nation, but God has still remained faithful to you and your family. Come on, I can get a better amen than that. You're sitting here watching me. Those of you on Facebook, you're tuned in. God has remained faithful to you and your family. God has remained faithful to his word. God has remained faithful to his promises. If he bought you out then, Joshua is saying, he will surely bring you out now. Come on, if he bought you out, KL, then he will surely bring you out now. Come on, the things that you have been through in your life up until this point, they were designed to take you out. But you made it. You're on the other side now. You can see and experience the promised land. Those things that were meant to take you out, they took some people out. Those things that were meant to distract you, oh, they distracted some others. But God didn't allow you to be taken out. This is what he did. He took you over. One thing about the Red Sea he parted it, Scripture says, and they walked on dry land. Uh, let me say that again. That is supernatural. Think about Virginia Beach. Think about Myrtle Beach. Think about any beach. When you look at it, there is water and there is sand. The thing is, when the sand comes into the shore, what happens is, doesn't that sand get wet? This is why it is so miraculous that he not only parted the Red Sea, but they were able to cross on dry land. Or I could say they crossed on dry sand. You have not been taken out by the thing that was meant to destroy you. Come on, just think back for, for about 10 seconds on what God brought you out of. There was an army behind you and a Red Sea in front of you. But God not only took you over, he took 
you over. Amen. Like, like, like he took you over. He did the supernatural in your life. He did the miraculous in your life. And if that is what God, what Joshua is saying to his congregation and to his people, I want you to remember. I need you to remember. I need you to remember. It might have been painful. It might have been without tears. God, some of us have struggled, but God brought us out. And that's what Joshua is saying to them. Amen? All right. These first 13 verses that I read, they emphasize God's faithfulness to his covenant, his faithfulness to his people, his faithfulness to you and I. Amen? As believers, as believers, we're called to do two things. Number one, we're called to commit to God, to commit our lives to God. And number two, we're called to remember his faithfulness to us, to remember his faithfulness to us. Joshua is telling the people, he's calling for, listen, total, unreserved, unconditional commitment. Now, I look these words up because I want to make this real plain on this morning. Total is defined as absolute, unreserved, without reservation, unconditional, not subject to any conditions, commitment dedicated to a cause. So I want to reread it. Joshua is calling for absolute, without reservation, not subject to any conditions for you to be dedicated to the cause of Christ. Pastor Atina and Pastor AJ is calling for you to listen, be absolute, to be without reservation, not to be subject to any conditions, to be dedicated to the cause of Christ. We're not leaving anything on the table. As we remember God's goodness to us, as we remember his promises to us, as we remember his words to us, we're going to serve him without reservation. Amen. And let's look at verse 2. Praise God. Go back to verse 2, 24 and 2. And Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel. Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Listen, Abraham was chosen by God's grace. Abraham didn't, didn't have any sort of special pedigree. He didn't have any particular lineage that he came out of. He didn't have a testimony of generation after generation. They had followed God. It was only by God's sovereign grace that God made a covenant with him. It is only by God's sovereign grace that God has made a covenant with you. Some of you may not have grown up, grown up in the most ideal conditions. Uh, at, there are times in our, in our church that we allow people to get up and share their testimony and talk about where they come from. And many of them have struggled. Many of them had uh, circumstances and situations that, that were not ideal but God. See, see, you may be like those, or you may like be like who Joshua was referring to, but the truth of the matter is none of that matters to God. Once you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, listen, he is in covenant with you. My God, he, he is in covenant with you. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. Look, it doesn't matter what you've been. It do 
doesn't even matter where you are at this very moment because you're here today and you should decree and declare that nothing is going to hinder me from embracing what God has for me. Come on, shout it out. Nothing is going to hinder me from embracing what God has for me. Listen, even if you've never served God before, he doesn't hold that against you. Hey, you can choose to serve him now. You may not be walking with him on the day, but you can choose to serve him now. Amen. Abraham, we just read, used to serve other gods. He used to serve other idols, and many of us have been guilty of that placing things before God. But here in this particular verse, we see a picture of God's provision and a picture of his protection even when they served other gods. Perhaps you're sitting here today and you're secretly worshiping or serving other gods, some false gods. Do you realize serving money can be a god? Your career can be a god. Your family can be a god. Anything that you place before God is an idol. So you got to ask yourself on today, am I fully submitted to God? Am, Am I holding anything back from him? Am I giving him my all? It's by God's grace that we're provided for, that we're protected, and that we're led away in covenant with him. Amen? Amen. Let's look at verses three through five. It says, then I took your father Abraham for the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron and I plagued Egypt according to what I did, to what in, according to what I did among them. Afterward I bought you out. Here we see uh, or we begin to see a story of God's redemptive plan at work a story of redemption, of of how he he led them away from place to place. And so I ask you this morning, what is your redemptive story? As you remember, as you reflect, as you think back on what God has done in your life, what is your redemptive story? Uh, Revelations 12 and 11 says, look, they they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We ask God to use us, right? Don't we ask God to use us for his glory? We ask God, look, God, bring people across my path so that I can minister to them. Uh, We ask God to to use us to testify of his goodness, to testify of his mercy, to testify of his grace and talk about um, his forgiveness. But that can only happen when you open your mouth. That can only happen when you open your mouth. We want to be used by God, but, but in order to be used by God, we've got to be willing to be led by him. God's story in our lives, church, is so, so, so important. He wants you to tell of his redemptive power in you, how he brought you out of a life of sin. Did he bring you out? He wants you to not be afraid to share what he's done in your life. Listen, nobody can argue with the life of a a person who has a testimony their life has been changed. Nobody can argue that. Nobody can, can shoot you down or talk you out of your testimony. It's your testimony and yours alone. When people come to you and and they say, oh, yeah, I remember when you was like that or you were like this and you used to do that and you used to do this. The truth of the matter is, yes, I was all of that. But now, (laughs) but now, (laughs) I choose to walk another way. I choose to do things different. I choose to ask God to lead me and guide me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, listen, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Did I say all things? All things become new. So the life I used to have and the life I used to live, I don't live that way no more. Come on, let me say that again. The life I used to have and the way I used to live, I don't live that way no more. When I look at my past, listen, it's only to tell me how far I've come. Let me say that again on this side. When you look at your past, it's only to tell you how far you've come. I'm not looking at my past to reflect on on those things that I did. No, God has made all things new in my life. Amen? And so what happens is, verse after verse in the Bible, there's a story of God's redemptive power, of him delivering the children of Israel out of Egypt. It gets rehearsed over and over again, and it's used as a reminder of God's faithfulness. I need you to open your mouth and rehearse over and over again the story of God's faithfulness to you. I need you to do that today. I need you to not be afraid. I need you to not be scared. I need you to be led of the Lord to rehearse over and over God's faithfulness in your life. Amen? Because now we have a testimony, like they had a testimony of God's faithfulness. But you and I, one thing we have is we have a better story of God's promises. We have a better story. Why? Because we live in the finished work of Christ. You remember, and you must remember that God sent Jesus, and he died on a cross, right? You must remember that that he took on the sins of the world for each and every one of you. He was placed there, but death couldn't hold him. (laughs) Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. He ascended from the grave, y'all, and he is alive in each and every one of us. This is why we must open our mouths and tell of his redemptive power. We must open our mouths and we must say, yes, I was a sinner. I was sinking in sin. But then God came and he rescued me. And because of the finished work of Calvary, I am redeemed and I am delivered and I am free. I'm not bound anymore. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, I'm not bound anymore. Listen, God went to great lengths to redeem you. He sent his only begotten son, his only son. You never, because of that, you never have to question God's faithfulness to you. When you think that that you're down and out, you're not down and out. It's an opportunity to see the goodness of God. Do you hear me? It's an opportunity to see the goodness of God. So why are you scared to open your mouth? Why are you scared? to invite others to church? Why are you scared to let them know that you're saved? Why are you scared to talk about your salvation? Why are you scared? Why are you scared? Why are you scared? I ain't scared. I ain't scared, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of what God has done in my life. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm happy. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. This joy comes from having a relationship with my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. This joy comes from the testimony of his redemptive work in my life. This joy comes because I was down and out, and he raised me up. That's where this joy comes from. I hope 
you're not scared after today. Amen? We must learn to remind ourselves of what God has already done. Now, again, Joshua rehearses, as we read, he rehearses what went on in Egypt, the fighting at the Red Sea, what went on with the Amorites, and he reminds them of what happened with the prophet Balaam. But then he talks about the promised land. So let's go to verse 6. It says, Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them and covered them, and your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time, and I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan, and they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. My God, that's so good. There was, again, that army behind them and that sea in front of them. And some of you may be sitting here in that same situation this morning. You may feel like you're surrounded, but as we sing, look, I may be surrounded, but long as I'm surrounded with him. Like the children of Israel, we simply need to cry out like they did. They cried out to God in their moments of distress. This is so important because what happens or what tends to happen is when we get to that place of distress or that place of turmoil, we turn from the only one who can save us, which is God. Why do we do that? You got to ask yourself, why do I do that? Why is it when I'm in a tough place, when I'm in a place that I know nobody can deliver me but God, I refuse to look to God? I got to ask myself that. I got to be honest with myself. You got to be honest with yourself. Why is it that I don't turn to God when I know he's the only one that can help me? He's the only one that can help you. And we've got to cry out just like they did so that God could deliver us. Amen. Look at Psalm 46 verses 1 through 7 in the New Living Translation. Says God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Did that say always? Always ready. Sometimes, maybe, always ready to help in times of trouble. Listen, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. Did you see that? God dwells there. Oh, let me, let me take a pause. God dwells there. Earlier I said God lives on the inside of you. God dwells on the inside of you. He dwells there. So I just read that you cannot be destroyed. If God dwells on the inside of you, you cannot be destroyed. Amen? From the very break of day, God will protect it. Verse 6 says, the nations are in chaos. Isn't that the truth? Look, and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. Verse 7 says, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. The God of Israel is our fortress. The God of Israel is our fortress. And because he is our fortress, we will not quit. Because he is our fortress, we will not give up. 
Because he is our fortress, we will stay the course. Because he is our fortress, we will not throw in the towel. Why? Because he is our fortress. God is our fortress. I just read he always is there ready to help. There is never a time in our lives that God is not there. Even when you feel like he's not there, guess what? He's there. <laughs> Even when you feel like he's not there, he's there. Look at verses 12 and 13. Verse 12 in chapter 24 says, I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. This, this right here, these two verses is such a beautiful picture of God's grace. I just read that it says you live in a land that you did not labor for. You eat from vineyards you did not plant. God sought each and every one of you out to give you this, what I just read. He bought you out, and now you live a life you don't deserve. Oh, God. Oh, God. I live a life I don't deserve. The Bible says there is no, there is no good thing. There is no, there is no person that is good, right? Not one. Not one. And we just read that God caused us by bringing us out, by seeking us out, because he sought us out. He caused us to live in a land that we didn't labor for. And we're eating in vineyards we did not plant. You're living a life that you don't deserve. You know how people say, oh, I deserve this or I deserve that. The truth of the matter, no, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve to even be here with your filthiness, with your, look, with your wickedness, with your devilish ways. You don't deserve the life you have. But God is so merciful and so gracious and so faithful to you that he sought you out. You weren't thinking about God. God was not on your mind. But he sought you out. Well, how did he seek me out, Pastor? By sending his only begotten son. He sought you out because he wanted relationship with you. When I think about these two verses, I think about God's favor. Shout favor. I think about God's provision. Shout provision. We live with a level of gratitude that the way in which you are living now and the way that you're experiencing life, listen, has absolutely nothing to do with you. Uh, see, you thought it was your success. <laughs> you thought it was your money. You thought it was your, your big bank accounts. You thought it was your intellect, your college degrees with an S. But the way you live, it don't have nothing to do with you. It has all and everything to do with God. Why? Because he is the provider and he sought us out. He is powerful. All powerful. When I went back uh, in verses 1 through, through 13, I thought about something. I said, you know what? Let me do this. Let me, let me count the eyes there. I wanted to count the eyes there because what we read is I did this and I did that. I bought you out. I sent the hornets. I, I parted the Red Sea. See, sometimes we get mixed up and we think it's us. 
we get mixed up and we think again that it's because of our, 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 our might or our strength or, or look, all of the things that we think that, that we're good at. We think it's us, but I want you to know, baby, it's not you. It's God. God bought you out. When I went back, I counted. Do you realize if I counted correctly, there were 17 eyes in the text. And the only use there was him telling you what he did for you. It, it, it wasn't your name there. It was God. God bought you out. God sought you out. God provided. God protected. God restored. God redeemed. God delivered. God healed. Even when we pray for people, it's not me. I pray in the name of Jesus. If you get healed, it's God. Look, if he takes you to glory, it's God. Any way it goes, it's God. You got to give all the glory to God. God's a jealous God. He don't want you to take his glory and say you did it because then you become an idol. And people will start looking to you instead of looking to God. When they see Pastor AJ and myself, I'm pointing you to Jesus. I'm not pointing you to me. I'm pointing you to God, the one, again, who can set you free, the one who died for your salvation. I didn't die for you. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have. I'd be like, nope. I ain't doing it. Oh, you crazy. You want me to die for the sins of the whole world? But it's a good thing that God is not like me. Glory to God. And it's a good thing that God is not like you. God is God alone. And God is all-powerful and all-knowing and omnipresent. Hallelujah. Come on, you're blessed. You're blessed in this place. Not because of your own doing, but because of God. You don't have enough education to be the CEO. You don't have enough education to be the CEO? D, you don't have enough education to be sitting at the boardroom table. But God will open doors that no man could close. And he will close doors that no man could open. You don't have enough skill set to be your own uh, CEO. You don't. God is doing it. And when you give the glory to God, let me tell you what God will do. When you give the glory to God, he will elevate you even more. When you know it's not you, he will elevate you even more. He will open more doors. He will pour out more favor. He will give you more influence. You don't need no networking opportunity to get to the place that God has for you. I don't have to join a whole bunch of organizations. No, God goes before me. And God is with me when I get there. That's what he was reminding them. That's what Joshua was reminding them. It was never you. It was God. But you got to be willing to be led. Everybody didn't make it to the promised land. You know why? Because they got full of themselves. They began to doubt what God told them. Help our unbelief, God. Help our unbelief, God. Even in the midst of a pandemic, you are still good. You are still faithful. You are still providing. You are still increasing. You are still God. You're still healing. I don't care what the numbers say. We, we look at them, but we are decreeing and declaring that from the top of our head to the very soles of our feet, the blood of Jesus is working in us. We are healed and we are whole. That's my faith confession. 
and I'm lining it up with the word of God. It's not me. It's his word. And when I give them back his word like we read, when they cried out, he opened the river. He saved them. He's the God that shuts the mouth of lions, God. Come on, he's the one that sent the plagues. Glory to God. It was all God. So how do you overcome out of every situation? Give the glory to God. Come on, give the glory to God. Go ahead. Come on, God. We know it was you, God. We give you all the glory, God, all the adoration, all the praise that's due your name, God. You are the one who made a way like no way. You're the one who made a river in our desert, God. You are the one. You are the one. You are the one, God. It was all you, God. It was all you, God. It was all you, God. I take no credit for it. Don't you take no credit for it. It was all God. It's all God. It was all God. We're in a season of thanksgiving. You should be giving thanks to God. It was all God. It was all God. Now, you may not be where you want to be, but you better know you're further than you were. You are further than you were. In verse, I'm going to skip down to verse 14 and 15. Joshua says, now, therefore, fear the Lord. Woo, fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, oh, oh we're going to serve the Lord. Look, let me talk to my parents right quick. You ever, you ever told your kids to do something or they ever, ever, ever came to you to ask for something and then you tell them no and they say, well, you know, such and such and such a person, Johnny, Johnny, they do that at their house. Excuse me. I don't care what they do at their house. At this house, this is what we're going to do. So at this house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, Joshua said, look. I don't care what you do. Y'all may do that over there. Like over there, y'all may do that. But here, this is what we do. We serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Don't get it twisted. We serve the Lord. We serve the Lord. See, he reminds them. After reminding them of all of their provision, after talking about all of the grace, after talking about all of the favor, after talking about all of the promises that were fulfilled, he simply says, serve the Lord. As for me and my house, oh, we're going to serve the Lord. Look, I don't care what y'all do, we're going to serve the Lord. Ironically, and what I found very interesting was, this was not, when he told them that, this was not something that they, that they didn't know. They were right there with Joshua through every victory, through every trial, through every battle. They were right there, but he still had to tell them, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Why? Because they began to wane cold in their relationship. That's why I say this is probably going to be my last sermon of 2020 in preparation for 2021. Don't you wane cold in your relationship with the Lord? Don't you do that? So good to see you in the house of the Lord. Don't you do that? Don't you wane co in your relationship for the Lord? Decree and declare over your household today that we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua was a leader in his family. 
Joshua was the head. There was no time for stagnation or uncertainty. Joshua said, look, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's what you got to do in your own household. You better make it plain for your children, parents. You have an assignment to train them in the things and the ways of the Lord. Now, when they get out your house, that's a different story. But while you're in my house, oh, we're going to serve the Lord up in here. Oh, you don't have an option to stay home. Options? Uh, when did you get options? There was no option to cross. There was no option when the army was behind them and the sea was in front of them. They were out of options. When did you get options? No, as for me and my house, oh, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, let me make it plain. But as for me, but, but as for me, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You got to make a clear choice, not only for you, but for your family. Generations are depending on you, Joshua. Generations are depending on you, Joshua. Got to make a clear choice. And it's got to be crystal. Say crystal. It needs to be crystal clear. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In closing, I want to talk about some things we can learn from Joshua's decision quickly. If you're taking notes, quickly. Joshua's choice to serve God was personal. Joshua's choice was passionate. Oh, but Joshua's choice was permanent. He, he didn't have the ability to go back. And like Joshua, our choices need to be personal. They need to be passionate and they need to be permanent. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. No hesitation. Come on, y'all. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. No hesitation. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kingdomlifeva. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.